how's it going? Yeah, magic, thanks. Magic, how are you, Ed? I'm great. I, I've been enjoying, it's, uh, what day is it today? It's Wednesday, we're recording a little bit later than all. I've been enjoying Donald Trump's performance in his first press conference for about six months or so. Did you enjoy that? Well, when you say enjoy, do you mean uh, quake with terror down to the very fibre of your being at the danger that this man presents to all of us? Well, yes, but I'm still in a certain level of denial about exactly when World War Three will start. Um, so i uh, currently enjoying the freak show. Do we have any Trump supporters amongst our listeners? I don't know. None have outed themselves yet. In fact, actually, I, have, I spent a lot of time in the States. I've, I'm yet to find an actual Trump supporter. I know they exist because lots of them put a big X in a box, but uh, I haven't found one yet. I'm sure there are lots of Trump supporters listening to this show. Um, good luck to all of you. Uh, anyway, should we talk about Manchester United Football Club, who, before the impending apocalypse, might actually win some silverware? They're the top. They're the best. I tell you, they're the absolute best. They're the top. It's gonna be. They're gonna be the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, it's sort of true, isn't it? Really, uh, we keep winning all our games. Like well, this. This. I used to enjoy this podcast, but now there's nothing to talk about because all we do is win. We win and win and win and win and win. It's getting kind of boring. We're, we're gonna. We're gonna win so much. You're gonna get bored of winning. <laughs> Winners. <laughs> Um, that's the thing. Yeah. That's what Jose gives you. It, it's uh, it's great, isn't it? I mean, the, the other week we released a podcast which was which was uh, called something like the Two Wins in a Row Memorial Celebration Edition because it had been such a long time since we'd won both our games between recording. Uh, now it just keeps happening every week. We win two games between recording a podcast, and uh, it was two pretty big games. I mean, FA Cup third round, you know, hasn't got warmed up the competition yet, but it's nice very nice to be in it and and massive to be like a huge step closer to uh, the league cup final yeah i love the FA cup I, I said that last week didn't i so i think this was a big game and jose made quite a lot of changes from the weekend game but uh, you we kind of expected that uh but uh, still a strong performance very strong performance given uh, he left out i think all of the summer signings um, and, uh, you know, the kind of performance that you just wouldn't have got out of uh, Van Hal or David Moyes' side. And great to see. And, and we haven't conceded a goal this year. It's amazing. I mean, we've only played three games. But still, it's good. That is really good. Uh, and, you know, aggregates 6-0 over the last two games. So should we talk, should we talk in some more detail about that Reading game? Uh, I think a lot of people were very disappointed with Reading. Uh, who really didn't show up, and, and they were punished for that almost immediately. They were, yeah, they rabbit in the headlights, weren't they? I mean, um, Yapstam talked a very good game beforehand, and, and Reading been playing well. They've been, you know, uh, scoring lots of goals in the Championship, uh, punching above their weight, really, given um, their performance last season compared to this one. Um, and I think uh, everyone expected Reading to give United more of a game. And, you know, the funny thing is, even though it was a... 4-0 scoreline in the end. Actually, for a decent amount of of time between the, the 15th minute and the 75th minute, Reading had a decent amount of ball, you know? They looked all right up to about the final third when, obviously, United got, got it back and, and looked very dangerous. But but just such a slow start from them. United straight out of the traps. Um, the early goal from Rooney, you know, almost killed the game straight away, didn't it? And and you just kind of felt that the Reading players were a bit overawed by the occasion. You know, full house at Old Trafford. Um, there are so many teams over the last three years who've come to Old Trafford and, and enjoyed that. You know, the fear factor had gone, but something about United in the current form got the fear factor back and, and Reading uh, kind of bottled it. 
and what's kind of cool about that is this is this is not the vast spending. You know, this isn't a consequence of the vast spending because, like you say, none of the summer signings are, were playing. Um, but the, I mean, there's there's some expensive players in our in our starting eleven. But nonetheless, this this is just United being United, isn't it? This is just Mourinho's United being an effective force. And that goal in the seventh minute was, of course, the goal with which Rooney equaled Sir Bobby Charlton's record. And I think it looked pretty clear from the cameras that. Uh, um, Bobby Charlton shouted quite delightedly, he's done it, uh, when he scored, which I thought was a remarkably lovely thing to see. Yeah, um, I mean, it's definitely been prefaced for a while and classic Rooney finish there. Yeah, it was a decent build-up, wasn't it, to that goal? It, yeah, no. Uh, and actually, United played some very good football throughout the game, I thought. Actually, very good to watch at the moment. You know, it's, uh, it's really nice to watch. And, and Rooney was... Very effective against Reading. I thought he, you know, he played in the spaces very well. Obviously got his goal, got an assist um, as well. I thought uh, Reading weren't able to kind of, you know, they weren't able to put anyone on him. Uh, it's the kind of game that Rooney enjoys these days. He had plenty of space time on the ball and and uh, he was very effective as a result, you know. Yeah, goal and assist. Pe- people of crueler persuasions than me, and I definitely wouldn't think this might say he'd found his level there. Well, it, the thing is, this is sort of the performances he's been giving for a little while, isn't it? This is this has been the kind of game that Rooney's not. I don't mean the, the level of opposition, but his his this season, sort of like since he was dropped, basically, this has been something like his base level. Maybe uh, you know this was a better better performance, but. Um, but yeah, all around, like his first touch was excellent. Um, he just gelled. He just gelled really well with Rashford. I thought. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and United basically playing a four-four-two. Really, I mean, whenever you've got Rooney, you can't really dis- ascribe a formation to quite that extent because he moves around so much. But uh, you know, Martial and Mata both coming inside a lot, and Rooney and Rashford kind of playing at centre forward. I mean, it's listed as a 4-2-3-1 with Rooney at number 10, but it doesn't feel like a very accurate description of, of what the game was like. No, I mean, Rooney's not a 10 and, uh, you know, he, he gets into the same kind of zones and we can talk about that a little bit in the, about when we talk about Hull, right, because that, that caused a problem for United. But, um, you know, th- this time around, neither Fellaini or Carrick are going to come into that zone. Mata did a little bit, but he's, you know, he's pretty tactically aware Mata is. Um, and so Rooney had a load of space, um, and he, he used it very, very effectively. And look, you know, I, I pulled Rooney's leg, obviously, and uh, you know, I, I, it wouldn't be the Rankcast podcast if I didn't have a go at him now and again, because um, you know the punters expect it, don't they? But but seriously, two hundred and fifty goals is a hell of a lot, yeah. you know. And I know in the aftermath of that, people are saying, "Oh, could Marcus Rashford do it?" So many things in Rashford's career would have to go right for him to achieve it, and that that's the kind of you know. When you think about benchmarks, this is a huge one because no one's done this in fifty years, right? So um, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a remarkable achievement from Rooney. It's a uh, it's a testament to not only his you know very high quality over the first say two thirds you know, seven seven years of his United career or you know ten years of his overall career um, uh, and and his longevity and the fact that you know even though he's definitely not the player he once was. Um, and probably was never the player we always hoped he would be. Um, he's, you know, he's got to this remarkable land, landmark. And, you know, and there's no guarantee that anyone is going to get there again in the next 50 years. Definitely no, not. absolutely. And he thoroughly deserves it. You know, like he, he's, he just, he just never stopped. 
you know, it's like eventually if you keep doing something over and over and over again, you get where you want to get to, you know, that's, it's, it's a kind of triumph of persistence in a way, especially the, the slightly attritional nature of the goals in the last, in the last few seasons. Um, there's something about that that's quite, you know, it's kind of impressive. He just keeps going. He keeps forcing himself through the ever longer periods of bad form to to find those sweet, sweet moments where he's functioning something like he's best. And you're reminded of what an incredible player he's been uh, in his in his time. And yeah, that that achievement, like 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 Mourinho mentioned about Rashford potentially doing it one day, but the odds are hugely stacked against him. Obviously, it, it is a kind of once in a generation achievement. Um, once in a couple of generations, really, because there's a couple of generations between Charlton and Rooney, aren't there? Um, and yeah, he'd... yeah, and for for Rashford to do it, and you know, I'd say the odds are very, very, very against him. Even though he's obviously a very high quality player, he's going to have to score at the rate of, you know, twenty goals a season. Yeah, absolutely. For 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 a number of seasons, so um, it's a, it's a massive achievement from Rooney. Uh, well deserved, you know. He's he's top goal scorer for his country and United. That puts him in the sort of pantheon of yeah. legends, where he belongs. Like where, where he belongs, but you know. And and at the back of my mind, I can never stop thinking. Well, I was so excited about him when he was an eighteen year old. Had absolutely everything, um, and then was a level, quite a long level below some of the best of this generation, you know. But um, then, the, but, you know, but he is what he is and he's, he's, he's achieved a And not amount. many people are, are in the running to be one of the best of the generation. And it's pretty remarkable to have been, like, for a season or two, he was one of the very best players in the world, you know, when he was, when he was so young. The, the kind of grace and elegance with which he played the game in those days and the fire and all that's obviously changed. But, you know... In a way, maybe if he'd carried on on that trajectory, he wouldn't have got to this point because one of the ways that he's become United's or, you know, joint all-time top scorer, I know people get very upset about those two Anglo-Italian cup goals uh, that Bobby Charlton scored, but the club don't recognise that as a first-class fixture, so I don't think we probably shouldn't either. Um, But, yeah, so he's equaled Sir Bobby Charlton's Record and and he might not have done if he'd never adapted uh, and sacrificed, in a way, sort of sacrificed the chance to become one of the truly great players. That like his whole United career up until the last few years, ironically, um, was was the story of him kind of sublimating himself to other people's goal scoring, really. Um, and so he's done this in spite of that. It's remarkable. But but maybe the fact that he became so adaptable was why, you know, he was never shipped out um, and, and why he's kind of stuck around long enough to score these score all these goals. Yeah. Really scored in any Community Shield games? Are uh, you talking about um, whether those count towards the record? I was thinking that too. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't really, should they? Shouldn't. So back um, to the Reading game. Uh, Anthony Martial fi- followed Rooney's uh, goal with a with a quick fire goal of his own. Another excellent performance from the brilliant young Frenchman, and what a goal it was! Yeah, are we coming back to sort of you know Martial as we know and love him? You know, yeah, it's, it looks it's, like it's it looking like it, isn't it? You know, and he's still out on the left there, and which gives him. You know, in a way, it gives him more opportunities because he can cut in and use that right foot, which he does very effectively. In a way, it's limiting for him because, you know, he could be a great number nine. He's obviously a very different number nine to Ibrahimovic. 
which uh, Mourinho talked about a little bit. But, uh, yeah, great performance, great goal. Um, very important for him to be scoring, isn't it, for his confidence and, uh, mm. you know, and great weapon for United to have. Um, and, and, you know, obviously alongside Martial, Rashford back in the goals. Rashford had a very different game, you know, because in a way you, you kind of thought for a long time it wouldn't happen for him because he wasted mm. quite a few chances, didn't he? And he did. uh, although he's getting the chances, he's always on the shoulder of the defender. Rooney was picking him out. Um, and uh, but yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those days when he hadn't scored, and I didn't realise it'd been so many games since Rashford had scored seventeen. Um, yeah, he hadn't scored since Hull, right? Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. the last one. Um, so yeah, great day for great day for Rooney, uh, great day for Martial and Rashford for slightly different reasons. Yeah, I thought that Gareth McCleary really caught the eye. I mean, everyone was talking about him before the game, so it was not a surprise. But he he does look like a proper player. Um, Reading's number twelve, Gareth McCleary who's doing very well in the championship at the moment, apparently. Um, who's 29, which surprised me, because I don't think that's a name I've come across. Um, but anyway, maybe maybe I'm just forgetting. Um, but yeah, Rashford, we, we can't not talk about goal number four, uh, which was, I was just about to tweet, just about to tweet. I've always quite liked Al Habsi as a keeper. Oh, mate, 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 not a, not a good moment in Al Habsi's life, that. No, but very funny. Wow. What a massive cock-up. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's not going to like that. I mean, you know, he didn't have a disastrous day until that moment. Yeah, it was, it was just brutal. The, uh, he goes, he, when, you know, it's that thing of you see it happen in slow motion and it looks so stupid, but... It's kind of, in a way, it's almost surprising it doesn't happen more often because it's it's just so easy for the ball to clip a player's standing foot. And then Rashford giving it the Northampton treatment, the entirely unnecessary thumping it into the net from Nort Yards. Beautiful. And he absolutely smashed it, didn't he? Just to make sure he got it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I didn't realise was that Tyler Blackett was at... Um, uh, at Reading, yeah. a pretty disastrous return to Old Trafford for yeah. Young Tyler. Didn't didn't have a good game. Um, you know, obviously got a hammering, but also his performance wasn't great either. Uh, and yeah, actually looked a bit kind of nervous at times, didn't he? Um, unfortunate because his last performance from United or one of his last was that that hammering at Leicester. So uh, probably think, probably the game that did for him really. I think he's not that good. I think the thing about Tyler Blackett is he's not that good. He's very composed on the ball, or was, for his 12 games he'd played for United or whatever it was. Yeah, except when he looked nervous, which was pretty ob- pretty often too. Uh, Fellaini played in midfield against Reading. Yeah, and slowed it down a lot. Um, but that's just what he does. You know, that's the price you pay for playing Fellaini in midfield. I don't know why anyone thinks he's going to do anything different. No, but it works all right when you play him up front. <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, you sent yeah, me a WhatsApp... Um, uh, uh, saying someone explained his substitution to me. I, I tweeted just as you were sending me that. It seems really weird that you'd take matter off at 1-0 up uh, in a game where, you know, where 1-0 isn't actually a very good result. But of course Mourinho knows what he's doing. Your boy Jose Mourinho, never in doubt. The the the, the United star duo of Damian and Fellaini combining to make it 2-0. Star duo. Yeah, I mean, every, every substitution is going right at the moment. It's not as if United actually took to a tactic of launching it to the back post, playing big long diagonals. So, you know, I, I I'm not sure I can call can follow a cause and effect there, but uh, it 
definitely turned out right for United, didn't it? Well, the goal um, came from a big, long diagonal to the far post, to be yes, fair. Yes, no, 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 exactly. But uh, I'm not sure United were playing for that tactic um, after Fellaini came on. But, uh, you know, he got into that position. Great header. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a really difficult header. And he's not actually that good in the air, the thing, thing is, Fellaini. He doesn't move very well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, really, really got hold of that header and directed it into the right place. And a decent ball from Damian for once, who's... Really not a very good defender and a really, really poor attacker. I mean, I don't, uh, but, I don't agree. I, I don't agree that he's not a good defender. And, he, you know, I've, I think he's just been very... His performances have been extremely mixed over his time at United. Like, he's put in some very good defensive performances. He was excellent going backwards and forwards against Hull, actually. It was a, re- a really good game for Damian. Yeah, not too many of them, are there? I, I'd be really surprised if he's got a third season at the club. Mourinho, you know, look at the history of Mourinho's side, attacking fullbacks, effective attacking fullbacks. Mm, oh, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that, but I, I really strongly disagree with the assertion that he's not a good defender. I think I don't think the evidence stacks up. Well, about fifty percent of his games show he's not a very good defender. It's, uh, we're on the we're on the daily blint style argument here that uh, you you see the positive in his performances, but uh, I, I, I'm not sure that fifty percent of shite uh, equals you know. Slightly better than shite, to be honest. Mm. I, I think I think his his career before he came to United as well shows him to be a good defender. Let, let's it? talk about the other moments. So we, we talked uh, Rooney's goal, nice shanking off the shin or thigh. Uh, Martial, lovely jink, beautifully, beautifully um, controlled finish. Uh, Rashford. Uh, now that is the kind of goal I really want to see Rashford scoring, where he takes it in one, um, gets one on one and beats the keeper. And he's been the whole defence with his pace there. Exactly the kind of goal you want to see, and then obviously the laughable fourth. But all in all, I always that that's exactly the kind of goal I want to see from Marcus Rashford. It's the other goal is the goalkeeper kicking it off his standing foot and Rashford smashing it in from North yards. Fair enough, yeah. But you know, I mean, all joking aside, of course, Ibrahimovic that goal probably wouldn't have happened because he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have necessarily had the speed to close down the keeper quickly and put all that pressure on him and you know talked about him doing good pressing but it's a different beast Rashford's pressing isn't it it's a it's a much much quicker affair yeah clearly yeah um and and actually United's ability to press causes uh Reading quite a few problems it's it's not the gang and press and it's not even sort of a Barcelona style press but it's effective yeah and it's relentless as well and you know it, it's 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 not the Gegen press, except sometimes when it is, when it turns into it. And, they're, they're, you know, we've scored quite a lot of goals this season from winning the ball really high up the pitch from from a three-quarter press, you know. Um, uh, Carrick played in that game, maybe slightly surprising, I thought, given given his general importance. But I suppose we're, we're running really um, thin on alternatives. Although, of course, an alternative did come on in the form of Bastian Basti Schweinsteiger. Uh, it came on to another huge ovation from Old Trafford, um, and uh, and Marcus Rocco off injured, and uh, Old Trafford panicked by Marcus Rocco's absence—a very very strange phenomenon that we never really thought would happen. These are strange times indeed, <laughs> yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but do you, do you think Schweinsteiger will, will stay in, through January and, and what is the point I mean other, other than he doesn't want to go because there's there's some kind of dispute over his you know paying out his contract which I, I'm guessing is actually what's going on here um you know he's going to stay for the money then he's not going to get many minutes 
Well, I mean, I would argue that the point, especially Schneidlin's gone now more. I don't know if it's actually literally done yet, um, but it's done, isn't it, to Everton? Um, he didn't get any minutes either. So what he's going to get, he's going to get Schneidlin's minutes, which were 12 in the Premier League today. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's great for Schweinsteiger, but I'm saying it's potentially quite important for United because the reason these players aren't getting minutes is because Herrera, Pogba and Carrick are playing every minute you know, since Carrick came into the side. But at some point, they're not going to be able to. Something's going to happen. Suspensions, injuries, you know, we, we mm. do need some bodies in there. Mm. Of course, the uh, player who came on against Reading in, in midfield was Timothy Fosu-Mensah. Yes. Few uh, I, 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 did, I can't remember which Reading player it was, but tried to muscle him off the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Just not going to happen. I, I mean, he's 18, but he is built. This man is stacked. <laughs> there was a thing, there was a thing... Um, in the whole game where someone tried to muscle Paul Pogba off the ball and ended up going off with a dislocated shoulder. (laughs) I don't like to laugh at others' misfortune, but there was a a certain poetic irony in that. Yeah, but the point is, you know, like, so, yes, Pogba, Herrera, Carrick, our first choice, Fellaini's in there and really can play that role too. Right. Um, Depending on the opposition, Mkhitaryan and Matic can certainly play as the the attacking of a three. Yeah. Um, Obviously very different you know, sort of set up when you do that. I'm not sure Schweinsteiger is going to get many minutes at all anyway, even if United did get some injuries. I mean, it just makes sense if you want to keep the system the same, it's that Schweinsteiger is the only backup in the squad for Carrick at this point. No one else is going to play that Carrick role. I mean, what Mourinho has been doing is using Herrera in the Carrick role and it has been working actually. So right. maybe maybe that's maybe it's fine. Maybe you just you you just use Fosu Mensah elsewhere in midfield or play a more attacking midfield with Herrera as the, the holding player. It could just work. It doesn't matter anyway, we're just gonna keep winning well, games because um, it's what we do. Uh, I mean and it works against Hull. Herrera had a, a very decent game against Hull. I mean, he was up against Ryan Mason, who's having an absolute stinker of a season. Hull's record signing from Tottenham. Supposed to be the man who helped Hull push on. Didn't quite work out that way, did it, for the lad. But Herrera's very neat and tidy. Allowed Pogba the freedom to hit the bar about 14 times or whatever it was. <laughs> Seven this season, I believe, he's hit the woodwork. That, that, um, that free kick was just brutal. It was just like... You know, there's there's different types of hitting the post or the crossbar. There's the one that is always going miles over and just about dips and cro- and hits the crossbar and it looks like a well-off target shot. Then there's the one that if it was, oh, a metric millimetre, tiny little fraction to the right, that's going in off the post instead of out off the post. And this was one of those. Yeah, I mean, beautifully, sweetly struck. And uh, not, I mean, and, and if it had gone in, it'd been pretty much in the top bins, wouldn't it? And it would have been a, a worldie, but uh, not quite. Uh, of course, Lionel Messi this week did that. I mean, <laughs> right, you couldn't get him more in the top corner. Um, uh, absolutely beautiful free kick from Messi. Uh, Pogba, very, very close. Uh, overall, I thought he had a great game, Pogba, again. I mean, he's just, he's just running... He's running games at the moment. He's uh, totally dominant every, every game. game. Totally dominant. Yeah. He needs a marquee game, I think. To you know, like outside of Old Trafford, you know, and United fans, uh, the marquee game I think would change a lot of mindsets, which you know were default. He's a flop, uh, and need to be reverted from there. But uh, if he was to be, say, let's just say, outstanding against Liverpool at the weekend in the United victory, that'd be pretty nice. I would, I would like that. I would like it. I would, it would. like it. It would be nice. 
That would be good, wouldn't it? The whole game, uh, I saw lots of, lots and lots and lots of criticism of United's performance in this game and I could kind of understand it. There were... There was a, a, a long sort of dull spell in the middle of this game, but they flew out of the traps. Like they created a bunch of really good chances and very passable half chances early on through some absolutely beautiful football, like proper right. scintillating stuff. 21 chances overall, you know. It's, it's not exactly Van Gaal. It's, it's, it? it's boring though, isn't it? 21 chances is nothing now for us. We had less possession than Reading, but like 27 shots to seven or something. 21's yeah. a bit like, it's a bit, meh, it's all right, but it's not 30, is it? <laughs> but, I mean, look, um, and I suppose in the context of uh, Reading, have to, Reading, Hull having to play a couple of plays out of position in central defence, um, you know, only scoring two might be disappointing. And United were, very, you know, for long periods of this game, a bit one-paced. So 2-0 feels very comfortable. It wasn't really like that, was it? Um, it's not as if at any point, Hull looked like they were going to score or going to cause United any trouble, really. You know, I think, well, they hit the post through one, didn't they? Uh, mm, I mean, not literally, yeah. There was, there, there, was that, there was that moment where it looked like they were going to, but yeah, that would have been insanely against the run of play. Yeah, but, you know, for the most part, United totally dominant, very, very comfortable, and uh, just, just, it's like, just need to up the intensity in some of these games when this happens. Um, and it's Pogba that yeah. needs to kind of drive it, and he does for the most part. And I, I think, look, there's a Mkhitaryan didn't have the best of the best games. It, it wasn't great assist though. Great assist, yeah. It wasn't bad by any means. Rooney was very anonymous in this game. You know, we talked about him finding his level against Reading. Maybe this was a step up. Bit, bit tough for him. I thought, I, the, the problem is, if you apply this logic to Rooney, you also have to apply it to Rashford, and I'm just not prepared to do that at this yeah, point. Yeah, he didn't have a good game. I mean, he's, he found it very difficult to get into the game. Um, and, I mean, United weren't finding the same spaces, uh, for partly tactical, but, but yeah, and, and Hull dropped very deep and, and partly just weren't as sharp, you know. So, weren't finding the same spaces either in between the midfield and the attack. Rooney or behind the back for Rashford and so he just wasn't able to get into the game I mean this is like a, a perfect example of why Van Gaal was so frustrating and horrible because I mean honestly that the extent to which this game would have been nil-nil under Van Gaal just can't be overstated really because every time a team came to Old Trafford and sat behind the ball almost bar none that's what happened I mean one nil maybe if we were lucky um but now, you know, you used to wonder why doesn't Van Gaal see you've got to mix it up in these situations. And Reno very clearly does see that you've got to mix it up because the types of chances created, there were a lot of crosses coming in in this game in a, in a way there haven't been. The fullbacks was one of the few places that there was space. And actually, even though I didn't, I wouldn't have said this when the substitution was made, in retrospect, it's a lot of sense bringing Fellaini on to get on the end of some of those crosses, which is, which is how that goal came. I mean, uh, another really important goal for Man United for Juan Mata, who has reached uh, the total number of goals he scored for Chelsea, I believe now for United in, in six games fewer than it took him at Chelsea. Um, and he's just, he's an integral, vital, important part of the Man United squad now, isn't he? He, he certainly is. Um, just to kind of get, you know, well, I think any game. Uh, Matters should play at 10. But if you're going to play a 10, and we, we often don't at the moment, um, 
you can play the God, you know, he, he, he would have just been so much more effective uh, through the middle. He's very effective outright and he's he's the kind of player who finishes chances beautifully. And, uh, you know, that's what he does and he puts up great numbers, especially for a player who's shoved out on the wing um, for so much of his time at, at United. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he was, again, for both of the two starts that he had in the last couple of games. But he's just great there. You know, it, it just, you know, obviously, like, he's it's, it's not as good as if he's running the game from number 10, especially against limited sides. Uh, but, you know, he's just he's so hardworking and adaptable and solid. And I love him. Just just love him. Uh, that's not going to come as a surprise to anyone. Um Smalling and Jones were fine, pretty untroubled. Uh, Valencia had a good game, another good game. And like you say, McTaren was kind of okay, standout moment being that um, past the matter. And I think I think that just about does it for Hull. We recorded the podcast and then literally as the files were being uploaded to Tom, Mike Phelan had been sacked. So uh, it, we didn't get the chance, Old Trafford didn't get the chance to uh, celebrate his return and maybe maybe that disappointment was why the atmosphere was so incredibly flat for the first time Mourinho um asking for more from the stands he's been full of praise for United supporters and he said uh I think against Liverpool we need more from the players more from me well, and more from he's the stadium yeah he's get, he's going to get it against Liverpool of course but I mean you know it's it's not, it's not as if this is a new theme at any point in the last 15 years oh yeah. So I, I thought it was good. Um, that, I thought I thought it was good that he said something, and I thought it was also really smart that he said it before Liverpool because he knows it's going to work. Like it's going to come can, anyway. Yeah, he and he can, said it in the context. They need more from me. I need more from the players. Right. So it's not as if he singled out the United fans, and and he will get a good response. And you know, it'll be a very good atmosphere at the weekend. Um, he also also talked about Marco Silva. Uh, the new Hull coach uh, wished him the best. Uh, obviously, he's Portuguese. Um, he said. Unfortunately, he's going to have a bad start. Or we've got to beat them three times. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm pretty, and um, we were talking about this in the Rankcast WhatsApp with Tom as well, pretty positive, warm feelings about Jose Mourinho at the moment. I'm not 100% comfortable with the cognitive dissonance that involves, but I uh, sort of love him a bit, sort of love him a bit. Oof, oof, oof. Uh, look. Don't, don't tell, working, don't tell me you're not in the same boat, Ed, because I won't believe you. <laughs> I'm not sure there's love for Mourinho yet. You know, okay. it's, it's mutual admiration. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's definitely a fan, isn't he? There's no doubt. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. We should send him a mug. <laughs> uh, we should. Uh, by the way, uh, everyone that's qualified for the mug, the mugs have been sent out, all the international backers um that signed up right at the beginning should be getting their mugs in the coming weeks as the uh, as the transport system does its thing um and uh, yeah people seem happy with them so that's super nice yeah unless uh, trump presses that big red button on january 21st and none of us are here have you got have you got yours yet Ed? my bunker fix your your mug I, I, your rankhouse mug a mug arrived today yes nice good finally okay um, right, uh, we have got so many questions from listeners. Shall I start going through them? Get through as many as we can. Go on. I'm not doing at G underscore funk 81's question, but Ed, it wouldn't take too much of a leap for you to guess what it was about, given the news agenda today. Um, uh, at P Padman says, what's the stat for the number of times we've hit the post? I know Pogba leads that. I don't know how many times we've hit the post all season, but I know that he's hit the post seven times. Uh... 
Yeah, Adam, Adam Joseph had it. I think it's 14 overall. I think United lead the league for post-hitting. Nice. Uh, what punctuation replaces the pre-Christmas question marks after Marcy Allen Rashford asks at KMM1486? I'm going to say a fire emoji. I know it's not strictly punctuation, but... Um... It's, not, it's definitely not punctuation. God, you know, what are you, a millennial or something? <laughs> Un- unacceptable. It's an exclamation mark. <clears throat> the only acceptable exclamation mark. Yeah, uh, <laughs> punctuation in this situation. Um, at David Bullock says, has there ever been another team in history that won six league games in a row and not moved a place in the table other than people in first place? That is a great question. I, I have no idea. Um, I, I bet there's, but but I, but no no places moved in the table, but a lot of ground caught up. Yeah, and I bet uh, there's been a time when a team in second place didn't chase down a team in first place, even though they won six games in a row. I feel like that must have happened. So on December the 11th, when Spurs came to United, United were facing a 14-point gap to the Champions League. Yeah. Now it's a win. And now it's 10 points to the league as well, which is obviously very unlikely, but it is on. Right. Like, you know, It's on. It's on at this point. Like... It's the, you know, we just have to keep winning all our games and that'll be fine. Like, if we win every game for the rest of the season, we'll definitely win the league. Well, maybe not definitely, but still. Um, <laughs> all right, at G underscore Funk 81 also asked a question which I can ask, which is if all the squad were in Nam, who'd be the young buck with two days to go who plans to marry his sweetheart when he gets home? Memphis, like Memphis, <laughs> obviously. Maybe Luke Shaw. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think Memphis might have got a local as well. I mean, it'd be Memphis, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I just think I think I think that if a player who's like who's thinks he's got big plans, but actually he's going to be out of the picture pretty damn soon. I think Memphis is the one. Uh, if you could add two players to the current uh, squad, says at John Firth nineteen, who would they be, and in which positions? I would have Leo Messi on the right wing and Cristiano Ronaldo through the middle. Right, I think. I mean, presumably, what he actually meant was sort of realistic transfers, but I just don't think it's happening. Patrice Evra, left back. Yeah, I don't think that was going to happen, um, but it would be very good for. Many nostalgic reasons. Um, the my favourite. There's been a million tweets about ever back to United. Obviously, uh, my favourite one was you know the Kermit meme, which is Kermit looking at Constantine from the recent Muppets movie. But people use it as like me and in a dark me because it's the guy with the the hood the hood on, and it it just it's, it was Gaz from Full Time Devils who tweeted uh, me ah, ever was kind of a liability at the end of his uh, spell with United and he really maybe cost us and it probably wouldn't be a great idea. Also me. I love this game. <laughs> That's how we feel about Evera. Yeah. yeah. He's got some good Instagram, Instagram game, hasn't he, oh, Evera? The uh, by the way, G underscore funk 81. The answer is Martin Edwards because he was definitely into this kind of thing. <laughs> Um, at Lorenzo Blank 15 is Schneiderlin's imminent departure a chance for Timothy Fosumensa to get some game time but well as I it's not going to be out, out but... no there's no there's no minutes to take up are there no um, by the way 22 million uh, good piece of work I mean what basically we're just giving away players for free uh, yeah. And, um, yeah you know chump change the kind of money Fergie accidentally finds down his sofa in brown paper envelopes. <laughs> and uh, now we're actually getting proper fees for players. Is this the Mourinho effect or has uh, 
uh, Edward would learn some lessons. Well, we got proper money for De Maria, didn't we, when we sold him on? I, I, I think that... Well, yeah, 20 million pound hit in a season, but yeah. Well, that was Decent about money. that was about the amortisation, wasn't it? Because it was like it was about no, 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 dear. Have I taught you nothing over the years? God. Wasn't that about the amount that no. was on the books? No, How much no. of a loss no. is that on the books? No, because no, it was I, like a sixty-nine million book, transfer yeah, yeah. fee across on... five years, right? So not that far off. No, look. So there's one is cash. Yeah. Right. So clearly, United took a significant cash hit. Yeah. Some of that was to do with forex. Some of it was to do with the fact that you know he had failed for a year. That's one thing. On the books, yes, you amortise the fee across five years or however long the contract was in this case, um, and so it wouldn't have been a big hit in accounting terms. Yeah. That's what not I mean. Doesn't, it doesn't count as a loss if it's not a loss in accounting terms. Um, well, Schneidlin, like, you, must... you want to talk about net spend or something? <laughs> yeah. Schneidlin can barely be a loss at all, I'm sure, in, in that sense. And, and yeah, 22 million for a player who hasn't played for, well, a season, half a season at all and, and one season not that much. It's, it's great. And I hope he goes off and proves United wrong because um, I think he's a good player, but it seems more like yeah. he's kind of finding his right sort of level. Also, at G underscore Funk 81, I suspect Anderson might have been into this kind of thing as well. <laughs> oh, God. Um, at Gary underscore 1105. I knew I shouldn't have mentioned it. I knew you would do your own research. I'm a fool onto myself, Ed. With Everett maybe coming back. No, he's not, but maybe coming back. Well, maybe he will. Are there any other former United players you'd like to see return as a player coach? Yeah, Roy Keane, obviously. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, that would be a scary double out, wouldn't it? Roy Keane and Jose. Uh, yeah, obviously, I'd like to see Eric back teaching yeah. uh, like the under sixes or something. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, I mean, I guess if you if you're technically saying as a player coach, so he's got to be able to play still now as well. Player coach. It's difficult. Angel Di Maria is kind of motivational speaker, attitude coach, and player. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Um, if Marafalani scored a hat-trick on Sunday and you had to get his name tattooed on your body, brackets, you do, where would it be, asks Andy United. Uh, it's got to be like ankle or something, something no one's going to see. Yeah, but they might, they might see that in the gym or something, like inside of my butt crack or something. <laughs> mm, feel like that, ta- that sends out a message that is not a comfortable message. Anyway, uh, Josh Stanley says, why are our chants always a thousand times more original than anyone else's? Honestly, don't think I'm being biased in saying that. Maybe a thousand. Yeah, a thousand is too much. We had this conversation last week. I mean, you know, look, all supporters borrow from each other liberally and United do the same yeah. thing because uh, songs and chants are recycled. But yeah, there's a you know big fan base, lots of originality. Don't know. I think um, one of the... I really mentioned this just to mention this brilliant Celtic chant for Scott Sinclair, another club with a reputation right. for original chants. And also, well, let's not talk about that. Um, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Bobby Charlton, is he bothered? Asks at Nightwink99. I wonder. No, he seemed, he seemed quite happy. He yeah. seemed, you know, genuinely happy. Yeah. Probably a burden off his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, I do not know the answer to this question. Uh, at mo underscore h six five says, "Who's the bigger talent, Rashford or Martial?" I, I don't know. Dif- different kinds of players. Um, does it matter? I, d- that, I mean, I think it definitely, 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 definitely doesn't matter. Talking to matter at g underscore funk eighty one. I reckon 
Old Wan might be Come into on. Yeah, yeah, it's the quiet ones, the deviant ones. <laughs> um, at JLG underscore 031 gets very rare exemption from not using the hashtag Rankcast because I happened to see his question while I was looking anyway. Do you think the World Health Organization has been contacted about whichever super virus managed to make Zlatan feel ill? We should be worried. Or you jinxed him. Uh, you know? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, everyone. Uh, hopefully it's not serious and he'll be back for Liverpool. Mourinho said he thought he should be back for Liverpool. So. Um, is getting around £40 million for Depay and Schneidlin a good deal for the club? Asks at Polestar97. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Look, you write off, you know, both in accounting terms and, and just in, you know, football terms, you write off that, that pair because they're, they're not contributing anything. Sunk cost, fallacy of sunk cost this is to worry about any losses. Uh, just take the money and reinvest it elsewhere. Apparently not in Victor Lindelof. This is the most on-off transfer since the last on-off transfer United got involved in. It's Victor Linda on-off, more like. Um, Da-dum! At Carroll yeah, today. I oh, know. I can't. I can't help myself. I mean, literally, it's it's a problem. Um, at Carroll says uh, eighty nine million was a massive amount for Pogba and probably over his value considering current form. What would be fair price? Uh, Three hundred million. I don't think eighty nine million was over his value in the current transfer market. I think it's about right. No, there's no diminishing returns here. You know, you pay the big, big, big premium for the top quality players and they make a difference. Yeah, uh, Wayne Rooney. Legend question mark says at what Dever? Yeah, obviously it's that's not a debate, is it? What what's the what's the what's the framing for the legend status? I mean, you know, in terms of performances for much of his United career and numbers, absolutely. You know, he's the top scorer in the club's history. How can that not be a legend? Mm. Some some of his you know off the field shenanigans, not so much. Yeah, but you know, you wonder, don't you, about like, well, George Best is a Man United legend, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he had his, he had his know, troubles I, off the pitch. It's fair to say. I'm, I'm sure history will treat Rooney very well. Yeah, and you know, George Best walked out on United <laughs> several times, whilst literally drunk a few times. You know, so and he's a United legend, and and as well he should be. You know, um, I asked Ed this a while back. Asks at Joey M underscore UX, but does one matter ever wet shave or does he just set his clippers to Don Johnson? I suffer from. Uh, underdeveloped facial hair so i wouldn't be able to answer this ed you've got a, a matter-esque you know not Propensity. beard but yeah 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 exactly what I, what do, I, you, do you think there's no wet shave in matter's life uh no i think you might just go for the clippers yeah um yeah. i i would do that except i have to work in an actual office where sometimes i have to be um you know neat i hate it i hate shaving I hate shaving because it, it ruins my my you know lovely delicate skin it gives me like really sore Really sore skin. It's very unpleasant. I'm just going to say that anyone that regularly listens to a wide variety of football podcasts is 100% assuming that this is a lead into a new marketing campaign. But there's no ads here. This is not a thing where, like, we're now going to say, but, well, what you need to do is try these amazing German-engineered blades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, try all, what? I, I have, I have my, you know, your standard Gillette. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, every year they add one blade or two millimetres yeah. or some, you know, whiz bang thing. So you can get yourself off and have a shave uh, with the latest uh, Gillette. And uh, I also have a Harry's, which is, you know, for, for those of you who are interested in uh, vertically integrated production method methodologies and direct to consumer business models, uh, is one of those. Um, yeah. and Everyone listening to this knows what Harry's is because they've heard it on another podcast. Yeah, That's... true. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's not what we're doing, I promise. Um, what did you make of the FIFA Team of the Year? Question from at Vikash Patel 94 and also from at Bourne underscore and underscore red. It's voted for by the coaches, players. Uh, uh, and Duncan Castles. And Duncan Castles. Is journalists voting this one as well? Or not? I can't remember, actually. I, I don't know if that's no, the Ballon d'Or or the FIFA. But, yeah, but... So this is the FIFA Best Awards, and I think this is just coaches and, and right. uh, national team captains. Um, so is this the one that the Alexis Sanchez's, uh, the Chilean coach, just voted for Sanchez? Yes. Because yes. that no journalists vote in that too, definitely. Because right. Castles was talking about his vote. No Messi in Castles' vote, obviously. Because you know, yeah. And look, most of these uh, most of these people won't have seen like all of world football, so it's done a lot on reputation. Obviously, right? You know, there's nine of those eleven players in Barcelona and Real Madrid. They're the preeminent clubs of the age, and uh, and you know that's that's what matters, I guess. Yeah. A bit silly, a bit silly, and probably not the best team well, in the world. But Pepe, no, pre- no, pretty good team. Well, Pe- pretty no, good no, team. Ramos was one of the Ramos. Even Ramos, I don't think he's one of the best two centre backs in the world. And Marcello is definitely not the left best left back in the world. Definitely not miles from it. That I'm pretty sure Danny Alves is still the right back in that team. He is, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he once played for Barcelona. Uh, and last question at Ben Gloria says, "What time after midnight is it safe to start feeding gremlins again?" It's a really good question. Is it sun up? I'm going to assume sun up. Yeah, I think so. I, I feel like these things have a kind of elemental quality to them. A uh, question from me: what, what do you think of the new FIFA World Cup? Forty-eight teams. I mean, it's all like everyone's pointed out. Like you pointed out to me. Well, not pointed out, but said because obviously I knew this already. Things that are a cash grab. It's not generally good motivation. But I I think the assumption that it's going to ruin the World Cup is a bit odd. Given that, I think it was a 16-team World Cup in 1966. And I think that in terms of the quality of teams, the 48th best team in the world now is probably about what the 16th team in the world was then in distance from the top team. Um, There are more countries in FIFA now than there have ever been before. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, it's a shame in a way, but also, you know, the other thing is they are genuinely going to be assigning these places to, uh, you know, the continents that have been underrepresented in the past. So it's not going to be loads more European teams, for example. So, you know, I, I'm not sure I think it's the end of the world. What's the best representation, though? You know, is it about, is it about quality or is it about population? Because if it's about population, uh, uh, you know, about about 30 of the teams need to be from Africa yeah. and Asia. No, I mean, it's, um, and it should be about happen. quality to a degree, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. But it appears to be about, you know, this is clearly about creating new financial markets, right? It's exactly the same reason the Champions League was developed in the first place and why the European Championships are going to be from going from one host country to multiple pools of TV <laughs> revenue. Um, uh, and, you know, and it wouldn't be surprising in the next step for the World Cup after this at some point is to split it across multiple nations. In fact, they're talking about that for 2026, it being Canada, USA and Mexico for the first expanded team where quite possibly uh, South American and North American federations may well merge and there's a lot of good reasons to think why that's that's sensible, you know. So it's it's definitely, there's two there's two major reasons. One... Uh, it gen- it's going to generate a lot more cash for FIFA. Um, you know, some people are calling persuasion. Cash. 
famously yeah, cash strapped FIFA. <laughs> well, exactly. But you know, uh, and also, you know, many, many more bribery opportunities. Uh, mean people might say. Uh, and two, it's going to shore up Infantino's bid for power next time around, right? You know, it's a direct and naked appeal to smaller nations who don't normally get to compete in the World Cup, and they'll have a much better chance now because it's going to be a quarter of the the base, you know. Um, and then, you know, the 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 lie that we will all be told is this is about making it more representative. Now there is some truth in that, but it's definitely not why it's happening. And and I also agree with you. It doesn't mean it's going to be a bad World Cup. You know, um, the the worst part of this for me is the structure where we're going to get a lot of games where the potential for corruption is very high. Yeah, you know, a lot of third games where it could be a draw plays out and it's good for everyone. The the other thing is at some point the way FIFA has behaved particularly, well, just Russia and Qatar, at some point I feel a sort of moral thing. It's not like I've taken this stance and got there in my head already, but I feel like it might be coming to just totally disengage from the World Cup as a concept and and disengage from the enjoyment that it would provide because that enjoyment's coming at far too great a cost. You know, I mean, Mm. the, the human rights stuff in Qatar is beyond... I mean, it's beyond horrific. So, you know, at that point, if we're saying, well, this World Cup, the the people that are responsible for running this World Cup literally don't care if loads of people die because they're doing, because of their decisions, then, well, I don't know, it's difficult to get animated in any direction about it, really. Mm. Sure. I mean, we, you know, uh, agree. Um, and uh, the, you know, human rights violation in Qatar, it's an absolute tragedy. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for at least 4,000 workers have died as a result of uh, this build at the moment. You know, um, we, we know the kind of corruption that happens in Russia. Uh, if you don't believe that because you're a fan of Mr. Trump, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not hard to find plenty of evidence. Um, uh, so, you know. And terrible, you know, awful human rights violations too. You right. Know, and a, just not a free society, basically. Just annex you know. Crimea and there's a war in Eastern Ukraine and, yeah. and so on. So, you know, we, we're going to exactly. get a couple of uh, interesting locations for the next two. But the rest of it's all politics, right? So, 2026 is it's going to go to North America. 2030, back in Europe, uh, probably one of the big nations. Um, you know, I guess, I guess France has had it. Mm, France, Germany have had it recently. Italy, not since 1990, right? So Italy, Spain and, and England may be interested. England, for political reasons, has no chance. So perhaps it will be Spain or Italy. Um, or the New Republic of Radio... Greater Russia. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, talking about geopolitics in 2030 from this point out, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of things can happen between now and then. Right, so... i tell you what was funny, though. Um, seeing people on Twitter working out how old they were going to be in 2026 and talking about, oh, my God, this is I'm going to be so old in 2026, and not one of them that talked about it were as old as I was now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. So, and then, so 2020, 2026, North America, 2030, back in Europe, 2034, China. Um, obviously, some big yeah. ambitions in China. I don't know why those ambitions haven't stretched to Wayne Rooney or Maran Fellaini yet, but, you know, hey, just if you're listening, <laughs> just just a thought, just thought. Well, they they have there. stretched to Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney confirmed he had an offer from China that he did turn down, so. So he lacks Chinese ambition. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, 
Right, shall we uh, preview? We've got a fairly big game to preview. We probably should do more than just our normal cursory. Oh, this game's happening. Oh, we're going to smash the Scousers. There you go, that's my uh, preview. Uh, do you think that we are going to win this game? Let's just start with that. Yeah. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win. Uh, I think you, this is the game where it all clicks because it's the big one that we really need to. Mm. Um, you know, Liverpool put together a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we know the pattern. They put a lot of passes together. Um, United's actually got a better pass success rate. Um, best in the league. Nice. Oh, Van Gaal. Van Gaal will be pleased seeing that. Yeah, Liverpool create a lot of chances and score a lot of goals. Yeah. So, you know, it, sh- it should be exciting. But United create, are creating more and more chances by the week. It needs to be one of those games where Ibrahimovic is on fire and he's putting away those chances uh, because, you know, the chance conversion rate isn't super high. It's getting better though, isn't it? And, um, oh, I mean, it, maybe it's not getting better in terms of percentage terms, but it's getting better in terms of he's putting a goal a game away or whatever. Uh, but also worth saying Liverpool are in terrible form. Um, we haven't conceded a goal all year. They haven't won a game all year. They drew with Sunderland. <laughs> I mean, some mitigation there in that they'd just beaten City a couple of days earlier. But then they drew at home with Plymouth, the youngest side Liverpool have ever put out, so mitigation there too. But they've lost tonight um, to Southampton in the first leg of their semi-final. And I guess there's some mitigation in, in that that isn't really a lost game because it's it's half time in that game or whatever. But you know they, they are they're in a bad bad little run, um, and, and didn't my... create that many chances in that game. So yeah, and and maybe that maybe that's uh, maybe that's the good fact. Of course, you know, I guess this is the game where their players are super up for it because yeah. they always tend to be. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, sure. Some of the some of the uh, the balance has gone out of the Liverpool side. You know, Sturridge played tonight, and I actually think they're a much better team when Sturridge isn't as good a player as Sturridge is, and he's a mm. very good player. I think they're a better Klopp play, Klopp team when he's not in the team. Well, that's what yeah. Klopp thinks too, isn't it? Very yeah. clearly, for the most part. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You know what? I guess Coutinho will come back into the team for the weekend, fit again now. Maybe they'll move Firmino through the centre. Um, and uh, you know, Mane's at the Africa Cup of Nations, isn't he? Which is probably one of the reasons why they're struggling. Right, right. They're trying to find a balance now. Uh, you know, Lallana's obviously been in pretty good form this season. Wijnaldum was a very good purchase for them, um, and you know, it's looked pretty neat at the back generally, apart from the goalkeeper. And they've got a couple of duffers there. Yeah, um, and. United's form, I mean, United were pretty mercurial for 20 minutes at the beginning of the game against Hull. They had patches of really good form against Reading, but that wasn't, I mean, there'll be a lot of different personnel in this game. I imagine the team will be De Gea, Valencia. If Rocco's back, then Rocco and Jones, otherwise Smalling and Jones. I wonder whether it won't be Damian again, um, at left back, I mean, that's so so surprising how 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 confusing our left back position is. The normal midfield three, uh, Ibrahimovic and Mkhitaryan, I would say, are pretty much guaranteed picks. But that third spot, I mean, I, I'd kind of like it to be Martial, but I sort of think it'll be Mata. I don't think it'll be Lingard, in spite of you know the the defensive stuff. I think there's enough defensive work. With that team, anyway, um, I think I think that might be what it is. Yeah, it might be Lingard. 
Uh, we'll see. Do you think it will? What, well, what percentage chance would you estimate Lingard? I would place a pretty high chance that Coutinho will come into the side on the left side of that attack. And Lallana will play on the right and Firmino down the middle. So if Coutinho's there, you know, he's a very good mover. You know, th- there's a good argument to say from a kind of tactical point of view, Lingard comes in. Obviously, from a creative point of view, it should be matter. Uh, and if it's about, if our if our tactics are, and I don't think there will be, if it's if it's about just sitting back a little bit, it's, you know, taking up some pressure, then it should be Martial because uh, you need some of that pace in the team. You know, Martial and Mkhitaryan are perfectly set up for playing on the break. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and that'll be interesting. I wonder if, it, I, I think it won't be like Anfield levels of defensiveness, but I think it might be Spurs at home levels where we, you know, we have 45% possession or whatever. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's what, what goes down. Um, and I just, I feel very reticent to predict, to predict the outcome of this because right now I feel super confident and that's, a, that's an uncomfortable feeling after these last few years. But but you know let, let's press you predict the outcome. Uh, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win. Let's say two one. All right. So I, I'm I'm going to predict uh, thermonuclear warfare uh, <laughs> at some point in the next eight years. Uh, and on the pitch, I think United are going to win one nil. Mourinho all the way. United win. Humanity loses. That's our current prediction. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to do um, uh, a backers bonus content on uh, the great uh, nostalgic 80s films, of which War Games would be one of them. <laughs> what a movie. That's a great movie. Great movie. Uh, if you're, uh, to the many millennials who are listening to this, go back and watch it. I have no idea if it stands up. Uh, but anyway, um, you mentioned backers. Uh, you can back the show on Patreon. Uh, we're running a stretch goals campaign with a with a goal to try and get to a, a live show. So if you've been thinking about backing um, and haven't jumped in yet, uh, please, please do. Um, there's T-shirts and mugs and stuff as rewards and also some very cool art prints. Um, and... Uh, Mostly the, the main thing that's on offer is more rank cast content. So every week we record a little bonus segment, um, which is, you know, we say it's 10 minutes, it's normally 20. Um, and once a month we do uh, an extended Q&A uh, podcast for backers. So the show ends up being, you know, they get an extra sort of 45 minutes of content that 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 week. Um, and uh, people seem happy with that. We're going to be arranging a meetup uh, in, the, in the near future. Um, and yeah, so, uh, please, please do get involved. That's how we keep the lights on at Rankcast Towers, uh, patreon.com slash Rankcast. That's why there are no shaving adverts on, on the show. Yeah. Do you think Rankcast Towers is uh, better than Trump Towers? <laughs> it's definitely, there's a, it's much less ostentatious, but hopefully less evil. Got any golden showers? And, and by that, I mean, gold clad colored showers, yeah. nothing else. No, I know what you mean. Ed. Don't worry. Um, so if you are already a backer massive thanks to that and stay tuned uh, we're going to give you some uh, extra content everyone else we'll see you next week you can catch us on Twitter Facebook all the usual places and stuff you know where to find us by now at UTD Rankcast for me at United Rant for Ed um, patreon.com slash Rankcast and uh, yeah get in touch with us let us know what you think of the show do you think United are going to win against Liverpool yeah, come on, surely. Gonna smash him. Come on. <laughs>